Up next is my next guest, Brie. She's an American living in Belize with her husband and two young sons. This interview was very inspirational, motivational. She talked about inner work and the spirit calling them and how amazing it is to live off of Belize on an island. Tune in. Welcome to the Are We Home Yet podcast, where I talk to expats about what it's like living, working, making a home abroad. You'll get great information for your move abroad via this podcast. Also, go to the website, arewehomeyetpodcast.com, and subscribe to the blog for more helpful information to make your home abroad a success. I'm your host, Jalila Clark. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to the Are We Home Yet podcast. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Bree. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, great, great. Thank you for being here. All right, so let's jump right in. Where do you currently live? So I am living on the beautiful Paradise Island of Key Cocker, Belize. So my husband, um, planned a surprise honeymoon in 2019, like right after we got married. Mm-hmm. And although he had never really left the country and I have done pretty extensive traveling, um, he like stumbled upon Belize. And when he did that research, he found that there were a few different islands that they called Keys um, that you could explore. And so him knowing how we like to travel and the vibe that we were looking for, he's like, oh, there's this place called Key Cocker. Let's try it out. So I'm like, all right, like we, you know, we go with go with whatever spirit tells us and then we just kind of lean in. Mm-hmm. So when we came here in 2019, um, I became like completely infatuated with this place, like pretty instantly. Um, It is a five mile long, uh, one mile across island, uh, maybe 45 minutes off the coast of Belize City. Um, There are no cars. There are no traffic lights. There are maybe like five stop signs on the island, um, which I was very intrigued by. So people usually get around on golf carts, bikes, or they walk um, actually barefoot. So someone who has always loved being barefoot and doing grounding work (laughs) back in the States, I was just like really amazed by this place where like people are literally walking into restaurants and stores and bars with no shoes on. So I'm like, this is amazing. Um, It's a very, very, very close knit community. So um, people kind of took to us very quickly in 2019 when we left. I like boo-hooed. I just cried and cried and cried. So I was like, I love this place so much. Um, and we kept trying to get back, but it was like right after we got married, we got pregnant, and then COVID happened, and we got pregnant again, and you know, all the things. So we couldn't get back until last uh, what was it, last March. Um, and when we got back, mind you, it had been two years, like nothing had changed. Like the people were still incredible. There were some new bars and restaurants and things like that, but like the island and the essence of the island was still the exact same. So at that time, I was like, there's something just really, really, really special about this place. Um, When we stayed for a month last May, that time we brought Josiah. I was pregnant at the time because we really just wanted to see, like, what does this island hit for outside of the lens of vacation? Like, you know, what is it like Monday through Friday, like from the view of like a local instead of a tourist? And I mean, it's just like, you know, they have an island motto called well, not called, but they say go slow. And like, they really live by that. They really live by that. So people just move at a different pace. It is very, very, very simple living. 
Um, I would say simplicity is at the core of who these people are and how they live. And so after that month, we decided to take the leap because it was really, we no longer wanted to vacation like this. We wanted to live like that. And so we, that's what brought us to Belize and that's what made us decide, let's go for it. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so like, okay, so it's an island, but how far is it from the mainland? Yeah, so it's about 45 minutes via water taxi from Belize City. Okay, and then on the island, I mean, I've, I've vacationed on an island just for like a day. Yeah. So, you know, I guess I'm really curious, like, you know, I mean, what's, what's living on an island like? Like, you know, are there, this is going to sound naive, but are there stores? Like, mm-hmm. what, what's, what's on the island with you besides you and the other people in homes? Yeah. So it's okay. So that's like also part of it. Like Key Calker is very, very, very special. I mean, when you hear about like remote islands or islands, like almost an hour into the Caribbean sea, you think, you know, remote, like there's, yeah, you know, people like, just like you said, like houses, maybe a few boats, yeah. but like Key Calker is super special. There are tons of bars, tons of restaurants, lots of hotels, lots of Airbnbs. There are a variety of different schooling options, which is part of the reason why we decided to take the leap. So they have both public, private, and Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a number of different daycares and preschools. I mean, it's like a town, Mm -hmm. but it's just very small. I think the total population right now is like maybe 1,500 people. And like I said, the island is five miles long and one mile across. So like, there are a few places on the island where you can stand like on what's like the middle street and you can see from the front of the island to the back. So it's small, but there's so much here. Yeah. Um, And I think with all the tourism, because Belize is becoming more of a hotspot for tourists, um, like there's a lot of development. There's a lot of development. So um, there's a lot, even though it's a very, very small place. Yeah, yeah. Five by one, you know, that definitely sounds small. But then all that you mentioned, I'm just like, wow, like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty happening there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like, there are tons of things to do there. I mean, we've been to this island four times. We've lived on the island for what, maybe four or five months. And there's still tons of restaurants and bars that we haven't tried yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then now, I mean, do you have occasion to go to the mainland for necessities or it sounds like, like everything's there or what? Yeah. So, okay. It's like, you know, everything, everything, all of your basic necessities are here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have tons of grocery stores, um, you know, like I said, bars, restaurants, all the things, but for example, when we moved to our apartment, um, you know, my husband is six, five. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know, the furniture was a little small for us, <laughs> it was a okay. little small. Yeah. So, um, we kind of upgraded our couch, but that definitely required going to Belize city, mm-hmm. you know, going to the big furniture stores then we like found a couch. It had to be wrapped, put on the boat, you know, and it took a few days to get to the <laughs> island. And then it had to be put on a golf cart to be brought to the island. You know, so it's like, it's a process. Um, I think, you know, what was another time? I think, oh, so when we got here, we needed a crib for our youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, the boys have been sharing a bed, but it just, 
the youngest needed a crib. Yeah. So that was another trip to Belize City. You know, we went to the, the kids store, we ordered the, <laughs> the crib. But again, that had to be wrapped up, packaged, put on the barge, sent to the island, et cetera. Wow. Okay. But you can either you can go 45 minutes to Belize City or you can go 30, 30 minutes north to San Pedro, mm-hmm. which is the much bigger island not too far from us. Let's take a quick break. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Want to make your move abroad as smooth as possible? Download the ebook from the Are We Home Yet podcast.com website for resources in making a home abroad. Unsure how to make money while living abroad? Download the free teaching online PDF with more than 20 online companies looking for people to teach various languages and different subjects. Download these two great items and make your move abroad a reality. Okay, back to the show. Okay, all right. So, so you know, I know that, like you mentioned, there's lots of restaurants and, you know, lots of things to do there. But, you know, in terms of, like, I'm always fascinated by the food in different places. Like, yeah. what's the food like? Yeah. First of all, the food is bomb. I'll say, I'll say that. Let me start with that. Belizean food is top tier. Um, there, Because it's an island, you can imagine there's going to be tons of seafood. So mm-hmm. there are all types of fish, snapper, barracuda, rockfish, grouper. Um, you know, right now it's lobster season. So oh. everybody, everybody's carrying lobster right now. And again, you have a lot of different restaurants. So they have a lot of different ways of preparing the lobster. Um, and then down by the like kind of downtown area, they have a lot of um, like, what would I call them? Um, like grill masters is what we would call them back home in, in, in the States. So you've got a bunch of guys who like have their grills out and they're grilling lobster and fish, um, lots of vegetables, produce is abundant. So you have a lot of like tropical fruits, you know, watermelon, papaya, soursop, um, all the things. Um, but they really love, you know, rice and peas or rice and stew beans. So that's usually an accompaniment, coleslaw, um, and then, of course, like you'll find your places that are owned by expats that are doing like burgers, mm-hmm. pizza. Um, there are a few sushi places, mm-hmm. uh, steaks, you know, things like that. Uh, but there's, you know, quite a wide selection of food, even yeah. though, again, it's a small place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Fascinating. Oh, my goodness. And so, okay. So you mentioned your husband and that, you know, you have these kids, but, you know, I'm curious, like, where did you meet this guy who was like, it sounds like cool living on an island? I mean, even though like lots of people say, oh my God, I'd love to live on a paradise island, but still like to actually do it. Do it, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, it is mind boggling when you think about it. And there is not a day at this point that goes by where my husband and I don't look at each other and go, yeah, well, do we, we really live here now? Like we live here. Um yeah, no, I, I met my husband um, in D.C. He was my Uber driver and I met him in 2016. And, you know, we how we met is is another just crazy story. But long story short, he was my Uber driver. Um, we kind of fell in love very quickly. Um, 
you know, we had some challenges along the way. Yeah. You know, such as <laughs> life, but, um, you know, we have really grown as people and as a couple, uh, we got married in 2019 and, you know, lots of babies after that. Um, but I think what's just so dope about us is that like, we're both, can I curse? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like we're both just like with the shits, like, you know, he had never heard of Belize when we vacation, when we honeymooned here, Mm -hmm. but he chose it because he's like, I I mean, as long as we're together, like it's going to be a good time. And that's just how life is together. Like as long as we're together, we're going to have a really good time. (laughs) So when, when we stayed here last May and it was both kind of, you know, the island was calling us differently, but at the same time. Um, and you know, we just had a lot of like difficult conversations about life in the United States. And I'm like, yo, like this, this is something that we could really do. Yeah. Like this is really, we could really live in abundance. And like my husband, he's with the shit. So he's like, all right, cool. You know, of course, like with our businesses, we had to get some things lined up, but like when I first proposed it, you know, he was down. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It, you know, it sounds like such a modern day romance and that's maybe I'm saying it like that because it's like, you know, I love love. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It sounds like such a modern day romance. Like, you know, instead of like, you know, like when you're little, you read stories about like, okay, there's the prince on the, you know, the, the horse, which how are you going to meet a prince? Like who's ever even met a prince? I haven't. But you know, you meet this princely man yes. <laughs> in in a in a car, yeah. yeah, and then and then you guys run off essentially to yeah. live on, in a paradise. Like it just sounds so freaking romantic. Like, like I mean, I will tell you, I I do not sleep on the privilege in being married to someone who was just down. Like I know I, you know, on Instagram, I talked to so many Queens who are so inclined to move, but you know, their, their, their partners are not necessarily supportive of that idea. And it's, it's terrifying. So I get it. I get it. Um, it's terrifying to like uproot your whole family to a foreign place and, you know, for many men, particularly black men who want to serve in this protective role, it's like they don't even know what there is to protect their people from when they go to another country. So it's like, look, I, <laughs> you can go for vacation or girl's trip, but, you know, bring that ass home. Yeah. But I'm just I'm very, very grateful to have a husband who was entirely supportive of like, honestly, most of our trips. I'm assuming that you guys consider this as your forever home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that the way my husband and I move, mm-hmm. um, again, if spirit calls us, we we lead, we, we go. Um, so if we're here, you know, for 10, 15 years and mm-hmm. then we feel a call to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my husband is very, very interested in in potentially living you know, in Africa and after our most recent trip, like I'm totally on board. Mm-hmm. So I think this is definitely our near future home. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have land and property here, you know, to which we can always return. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see. This is definitely it for right now. Okay. Okay. Cool. All of our needs are are checked. <laughs> okay. And, um, Okay, so going back to one word that you used that actually I had used in an interview with someone this week, and I use this word abundance. 
Hmm. And like, I have noticed, and I said this during the interview as well, that, you know, when I interview black people compared to white people, I always noticed that there's like an abundance of life, of opportunity, of joy when we move abroad. And so, you know, I guess I'll ask you like, you know, in terms of like, you know, the abundance, you know, if you can speak to that, like speak to your safety, your health, um, quality of life, day-to-day cost of living. I know like I'm throwing a lot in there. So, you know, yeah. just take it as, as, as you can. Yeah. So I would say abundance is like an umbrella term under which you have financial, spiritual, emotional, physical, mm-hmm. um, you know, emo- like there, there are a lot of different things that go into abundance. I think sometimes people confuse abundance with like financial freedom mm-hmm. and abundance to me is way beyond um, anything relating to money. Um, in my personal experience, being on the island um, if I were to like compare and contrast our lives or our life, our day to day, like back home and we lived in, in Maryland, DC, like the DMV area, mm-hmm. like we were both, you know, we're both entrepreneurs and that you would think brings this like freedom to move as you want. And, you know, if I want to work this day, cool. If I want to take off, great. If I have a baby, I can take off as much time as blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And to an extent we had that, but we also had a mortgage for a brand new home that we had. And I had purchased a new car because I had two babies, you know, mm-hmm. and like our level of entrepreneurship was really inhibited by our financial constraints yeah you know we still had that mortgage we had the bills we had all of our expenses and everything you don't even realize how abusively expensive things are back here me back home that yeah that abundance is extremely difficult even the consideration like outside of money it's very hard to even consider any other form of abundance because we are born to work mm-hmm. and we are born to make money yeah. and your status is often attributed to how much money you make and the career path you've chosen and the position you hold I mean it's it's capitalism at its purest form yeah at the point that entrepreneurship for us became burdensome and it was no longer fun and passion filled then that's when we started to to really feel a shift in terms of our not allegiance, but our desire to live in the United States. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like abundance from like a mother's point of view, I mean, yes, I live abundantly. I had lived abundantly in that, oh, I had, you know, especially as a black woman, I had two perfect pregnancies and two mm-hmm. perfect children and they were beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we had this beautiful home in which we could have raised them. Yes. However, my, I could not ever truly experience abundance from a maternal point of view because I was scared mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every day every single day that my babies breathed mm-hmm. I was terrified about when that would stop mm. I mean think about that because it's like yeah okay these these days are great right it was in the height of COVID so the babies are at home but I'm like okay and then in five years 10 years when they start moving about the world on their own mm-hmm. anything could happen yeah yeah and there's nothing I could have done there's no neighborhood I could have moved into yeah. or private school I could have put them in to protect them from a society 
that intentionally and unapologetically takes the lives of black people every day. Yeah, you're, you're not. And that, and that's just that's just that. Like that's just the reality. And so you can be a badass mama who's like, look, I'm still gonna, I'm going to do the best that I can to protect my children, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. And that's dope. And you should be applauded for that. Yeah. But I could not parent from a place of fear because Mm -hmm. that to me is the opposite of abundance. If every day I'm scared. Yeah. So long story. I mean, even when it comes to like the food that we were eating and wellness and like spiritual wellness in terms of abundance, like that was very hard to get because the food, you know, is trash. I'm just going to say it. It's trash. We all know it. That's the other thing we all know. And yeah, there are initiatives to, to shift it, but those initiatives also require you to pay a lot more money. So yeah. farmer market, farmers markets and the organic stores, you know, are way, as we all know, way more expensive than the yeah. average grocery store. Mm-hmm. So you're killing yourself financially to live more quote unquote abundantly mm-hmm. by eating quote unquote organic food. And it's like, what does it even mean to be organic? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these were just all these questions that started coming up to me. And I'm like, so if it's not organic, then what is it? Yeah. Yeah. And if I don't have the money for organic food, then I just have to buy something with pesticides, GMOs mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. It, so to answer your question, sis, abundance to me that I can now taste and experience every day is knowing that all of the food, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter where you shop. hmm is fresh all of it yeah yeah and there's no crime on this island Mm -hmm. yeah there's a little bit of crime in belize city sure all right Mm -hmm. you know all right but like no more than chicago dc baltimore okay Mm -hmm. a little bit but like we don't live in belize city yeah Mm -hmm. and having grown up in dc the crime in belize city does not scare me at all (laughs) yeah teeny tiny island there's very little crime yeah kids run around freely and fearlessly and parents live with no fear Mm -hmm. I mean oh you know maybe I fear that one day Joe will like fall off a golf cart and hurt himself but that's like the most you know that's the most afraid I will ever be raising my children here yeah every day I can experience my children from a place of true freedom who are you what do you want to do who do you want to be because you're an environment that will allow you to do that yeah yeah police officers are not armed they ride Mm -hmm. around on golf carts it's small island so we all know them they all know us they all know our kids Mm -hmm. our kids so you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. financially it's like the um the exchange rate is one belize dollar to two american dollars Mm -hmm. so what or is it vice versa sorry one u.s dollar to two belize dollars Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so everything you make in america doubles across the border Mm -hmm. yeah every dime you make doubles so when you live back at home and you know let's say you're making 60 70 which in america is considered relatively low Mm -hmm. you're a six figure here Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so you know if you're making a hundred thousand now you're making two hundred thousand here but like the houses are houses and land and property is significantly cheaper. So your money goes much longer. Mm-hmm. So again, as a black family, when it comes to generational wealth and like leaving behind opportunities for our children to start businesses or just explore life, experience life with no, you know, requirements. Well, you got to go to college because we got to 
you know, we spent all this money for you to live, mm-hmm. <laughs> live in fruitful abundance because that's how we're raising you because that's what we're experiencing. Yeah. To me, it's just, you know, abundance to me and like true freedom go hand in hand. We yeah. are literally free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, there are lots of different places where I know Black people are considering moving, but Belize is one English speaking, so that's very helpful. Mm-hmm. But two, Black or Brown, we're in Central America, so yeah. we are the majority. What was the visa process? You know, was it easy? Was it difficult? Because, you know, you guys are American and, you know, mm-hmm. we, we do have the privilege of our golden passport. So, so what was it like? Yeah. So another reason why we went to Belize, uh, the visa requirements are very, very simple. You actually do not, if you're a passport holder from the United States or North America, you do not need a visa to to enter Belize. Mm -hmm. Um, You can stay in the country for 30 days, at which point you like renew your status. Um, It's weird to say visa because you don't actually need a visa, but you just renew your status in the country for another 30 days. Mm -hmm. Um, That costs 100 U.S. per passport holder. So that's, you know, for us, $400 a month, Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty steep, you know, when you think Mm -hmm. about it. But again, our cost of living is significantly lower that that we're basically trading in like what was our I don't know, electricity bill mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, renewing status. You can do that for up to six months, at which point you either have to leave and come back and start your 30 days over, or you can apply for permanent residency. To qualify for permanent residency, you need a minimum of like twenty dollars to $25,000 in the bank. Um, and then you just, you have to stay in the country for 12 consecutive months and you cannot leave for more than 14 days. So our time will have started like what was it a week ago that we got back from Senegal Mm -hmm. um we're going back home in December for like four days for the holidays and then we'll you know come back and be here for good but after a year you you're you qualify yeah (laughs) um and so that's that's the process for North Americans it's very very simple Okay, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then you did mention, you know, you guys are entrepreneurs. So number one, what do you guys do? And then number two, what's your day-to-day like, you know, at yeah. work and then away from work? Yeah, okay. Um, so my husband runs a trucking company called Complete Trucking LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does, you know, domestic moves, um, furniture assembly, debris removal, hauling, all those things. Um, mainly in the DMV, but up and down kind of the eastern eastern seaboard. Um, I do an array of things. So I am a um, ESL instructor to international professionals. Mm-hmm. So during COVID, we had been working virtually anyway. So we just kind of continue that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a government contract with the FDA, which is very, very nice. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm an influencer because I don't really know what that means, but I have a pretty decent following on Instagram and I love engaging with people. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, creating content for that, for my YouTube, for my blog. Um, but I'm working on a book. I really want to manifest a book very soon. Um, what's it about? What's it about? 
So I want to do, um, my blog is called Becoming Bree. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of touched on it in the beginning. My government name is Heather. Mm-hmm. Uh, my middle name is Bree. Um, and in time, you know, over the years, I've just kind of come into um, a more transformed identity. So I now go by Bree. Um, but I want the book to be about my transition from Heather to Bree and how I became Bree by chronicling different short stories from my life Mm -hmm. in no particular order. So I basically just want a collection of short stories about a lot of the things through love, through healing, through my childhood that I dealt with um, and how I transformed through it to get to where I am now. Because a lot of times, you know, people see my face on Instagram and they Mm -hmm. I've heard about our incredible love story and the babies mm-hmm. and this life we've made on this island, but um, it took some nearly debilitating work <laughs> okay. to, to get here. Okay, and yeah. I, I want to chronicle that. You know, I, I wrote a, what, two or three part blog series about our transition to this to this life and the, what happened in the 10 months that we, um, you know, planned and executed our move here. And it's, it's a blog post to basically detail like just how hard it was. Yeah, yeah. While still planning a retreat and while still working and, you know, being post, having a baby and then being postpartum with like a one and a half year old, like it was, like I said, almost, I mean, it was at times debilitating, you know, we, we both got COVID at one point, like it was extremely difficult. And I mean, even further, it's just even get, even the work that got me in my husband's Uber that night was some of the ugliest yet rewarding work I've ever done. And, you know, once you get through it, you then know how to tap back into those inner inner divine resources that can get you through anything. Yeah. And it's like each time you're presented with needing to do the work, because don't think, let me just put that out for the listeners. Don't think that once you do the work to manifest one thing, that you ain't going to have to do more work to manifest other things. Because you don't only want one thing in life. You want freedom and joy and abundance and love and health and mental health and mental clarity and, you know, clean energy and positive vibrations. Well, each time you manifest those things, you have to, you will have to do some work. Yeah. And sometimes people are like, oh, well, like I made it to the island. So nothing, <laughs> nothing yeah. bad should yeah. happen anymore. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the end of like the fairy tale story. Great. Exactly. And she lived happily ever after, but it's like, no, there yeah. were more pages that were never yeah. written. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Cause she didn't even really know him from the beginning. So, you know, once they move in together, it's going to be some tea, but yeah. like, but, but yeah, I mean, so that's why I say, that's what I want to, I want to write a book about that. A lot of the work that I had to do to get me to, you know, marriage and motherhood and being an expat and all the things, because I get how it's perceived on Instagram. I, I see the comments. I see the DMs over oh, such an inspiration and we're motivational and we're encouraging. I love it. And I appreciate it, mm-hmm. but I want to be very transparent that I did not have it easy, mm-hmm. but like, I did not give up. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. So then I had asked you, like, wh- what's your what's your day to day like? So yeah, how, how are your day to days like? Yeah, with the kids and the and the work and yeah. Yes. Oh, so so about two to three days a week, the kids go to um, a very small daycare um, that's not too far from our house, um, and so on those days, those are kind of our work days, or those are just you know date days. That's just when (laughs) my husband and I date each other. (laughs) Um, But on average, so I would say, you know, right now the kids wake up at like 530, um, which is uh, a challenge. But, you know, they get up at 530, they have breakfast. um, We take them down to the babysitter by eight. um, So, you know, they have breakfast, they play around. Um, we take them to the babysitter. So then my husband and I will usually go to one of the local restaurants and get breakfast because we are obsessed with Belizean breakfasts. Um, we'll come back and my husband will, you know, start planning different moves or like talking to his team, putting, doing his complete trucking work while I do my content creation, blog writing, all of that, working on the retreats. Next year, we have two retreats um, on the island. Um, so, you know, doing all the emails for that. But honestly, because we wake up so early, we're probably both done with work by noon, um, at which point we'll probably go back out for lunch. Um, there's a there's like a keycocker split into two islands. So there's a North Island that's a little less uh, population dense. There are a few people there. So there's a beach on that island that we love to go to. Um, and we, you know, we'll sit out there for a few hours, come back shower take a nap maybe go pick up the boys give them dinner put them down and then we just kind of chill for the rest of the day it's very very simple and it's again it's like it is what I have always thought work work work-life balance was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because some days you know excuse me um if the boys aren't at the babysitter, then like my husband's with the boys a lot while I'm doing work and then we'll switch and then we'll take the boys out and we'll either take them to the beach or take them to eat. It's so hot here that like, you know, an hour walk outside will have them pretty exhausted for like a two and a half hour nap. Yeah. Um, and so we'll come back from that and, you know, put them down, relax a little bit, but there's a beautiful balance. You know, some days we, we don't work at all. <laughs> some days we wake up we drop the boys off and we just date it's like and, and because the environment is vacation for probably 20 percent of the population here we just kind of you know fuse ourselves into that and so we go have breakfast we go to the beach we have drinks you know we go to happy hour we take a nap all the things so it's it's beautiful it's really really beautiful it's beautiful we don't really get to sleep in anymore those days are over but we do get a nap, which is makes up for it. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. So then, you know, you had mentioned earlier about traveling and you traveled extensively. So like, yeah. you know, was travel something that you decided as an adult that, oh, I want to travel a great deal? Or when you were younger, did your family travel, you know, domestically and or internationally? And so you were just hooked. Yeah, no, I have always... Um, I am grateful to my parents for always traveling me, whether it was road trips with my dad or, you know, flying somewhere with my mom. Um, We have always, always traveled. The first time I went abroad, I think I was in like maybe middle school or high school. Um, I studied abroad while I was at Spelman and then I moved abroad after college um, to France 
And so I was there for about two years. So living abroad has always been a big thing for me. Um, my experience in France was not necessarily the most positive towards the end. Mm -hmm. So when I came home, it was like, you know, damn, like I, this was not what I had planned. I had planned mm -hmm. to move and stay in France and be there yeah. forever. So now I'm back and I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? Mm -hmm. um, and then that really catapulted me into just a very dark period of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and what's so beautiful is that like through the healing that I did and meeting my husband, that opportunity to live ab abroad, re you know, came back up, it resurfaced. And mm -hmm. so I wasn't gonna, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't gonna let that go because I have, I've always loved the concept of traveling and traveling abroad. Like I said, my husband had not done um, that much traveling before we met. Um, but because it was so deeply ingrained in me, I mean, we, especially before we have kids, like we did Euro trips and we went to Colombia and we've been to Europe and we've, you know, gone all through the Caribbean. So we have definitely, you know, had lots of traveling before kids. And then, you know, a few weeks ago, we went to Senegal together. That was our first trip back um, to Africa. So, I mean, we are now... <laughs> very much travelers yeah what was the conversation like between you two you and your husband about mm. moving to another country but then what was the conversation like with your family and friends when you said hey we're moving not to another city or state to another country <laughs> so the conversation with my husband was lit um, because we made that we had that conversation last May while we were here mm. and we like we were here for a, a month. So I think within the first week we were like, yeah, OK, great. All right. So we're doing this now. Let's spend the, the last three weeks figuring out how we're going to do it, what needs to be done, the things mm -hmm. we need to go, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. So it was like a very quick decision that was like, all right, well, now let's go into like planning and executing. Um, you know, we had a lot of support from some, and then we got a lot of um, criticism, mm -hmm. negativity, anger, resentment. Um, well, a family member felt like verbalized that um, that they felt like we were taking our children from them, uh -oh. and in doing so. Um, that person was going to miss out on oh, their lives. Okay. And I'm like, but part of the reason why we're moving to Belize and not Ghana or South Africa is because we're only two and a half hours away. Mm -hmm. So you can come visit. But um, given that that person does not travel as much, yeah. um, that was not an option. Yeah. And um, to this day, I mean, there's like a lot of healing, but there's still a lot of resentment um, towards me um, as the mother of the children and even towards my husband as like being like an accomplice. <laughs> okay. So we have gotten, you know, and then we get a lot of like, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, you can always come back. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's not how we operate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like if it doesn't work out, there's going to be something even better. And I promise you, it will not be coming back to the United States. Mm -hmm. um, we've gotten like, well, you know, you give it a year and then you come back and you figure out if like you want to do it long term. It's like we didn't sell our house and our cars and 90 percent of our possessions to only give this place a year. Oh, like. Yeah. 
we could have rented our house. You know what I'm saying? Like we gave up everything. Um, we've gotten, you know, well, um, you know, well, where are the kids going to be educated? as if there are no schools <laughs> yeah. or, you know, I mean, honestly, even today, someone was like, if you have another baby, it has to be in America. And it's like, people have babies in Belize every day. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but like, you know, the baby has to be American. It's like, well, yeah. the baby will be American because we're American, mm-hmm. but the baby's going to be born here. I can tell you that much. And they're like, oh, well, if I were you, I mean, we just get a lot of, Mm-hmm. You know, we a lot of people are like, oh, why would you move to Belize? I mean, the crime, the crime, the crime. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, trauma, trauma tells us that it can't get worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But trauma also prevents us from realizing that it could get better. And in fact, get yeah. better. Mm-hmm. And that's the part where what, what, what's challenging is that some people are not going to understand that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not my job or my husband's job or when my kids get older, their job to convince you of that. If you are convinced that it cannot get better, then that's between you and, you know, whoever, your, your higher power. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the negativity, and I talk about this in my blog post, a lot of the negativity that we got, particularly with me being very empathic, was also an opportunity. And this, we were talking about like, when you heal, you get opportunities to be like, but did you really, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, we had opportunities to be like, okay, remember those boundaries you said you were gonna set? Let's see if you're gonna enforce them now. Mm-hmm. Or remember when you said you were gonna protect your peace at all costs? Mm-hmm. Let's see how you handle this, you mm-hmm. know? So it was powerful because it required us to affirm despite all the different energies and the opinions that we were making the best decision for ourselves and our children. And that's what has come to us. That's what we've attracted in affirming that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So then, you know, I'm sure that you guys miss your family, but you know, is there anything else that you do miss about America? No. (laughs) Succinct. I like that. (laughs) And that's probably the nicest way I can say that yeah um, okay okay not at all and here's the here's the reason why you know because people be like oh girl you're being dramatic we just came back from america we mm-hmm. were there we did a week in louisiana a week in senegal another week in louisiana and about a week in dc before we came back to like now we're here for good and being back it's just like you said right being with family and friends is like damn i love y'all just looking at you i'm like man i miss seeing that face but I'm blessed to have people who can, you know, get on a plane. Yeah. Well, friends who don't mind getting on a plane. My husband's the same way. When it comes to anything outside of that, there was so much I realized I had like forgotten how life was like being in traffic again. I'm like, well, no wonder Mm -hmm. people are stressed. This is insane. Lobster here, lobster here, which is, fresh it mm-hmm. they take it out of the water and they clean yeah. it and they grill it and they serve it you're gonna pay I mean the most expensive we've paid is like maybe 15 dollars mm-hmm. you know lobster in DC is market price they don't even put it on the menu mm-hmm. and it's like why does it have to be so expensive for me to enjoy 
like good fresh food. Yeah, yeah. Why do I have to break the bank after as hard as hard as I work to keep myself alive, my kids alive, to actually work to get the if I want a good dinner, why do I have to pay hundreds of dollars? And so it's like all these things came back during that time we were we were um, back in the states, and it only reaffirmed that we made an incredible decision despite it being challenging. Yeah. You know, okay. Like sometimes I miss Target. All right. You know, <laughs> I miss, you know, the superstores, but like we did our Target haul. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's funny is that, okay. So like even when I lived in China, I haven't gone to the grocery store here. So I was going to go to the grocery store. So I'm going to go to the grocery store today. But mm. when I lived in China, I couldn't find these pita chips, which I absolutely love. They're called Stacy's pita chips. Oh yeah, love And them. I love these things and I couldn't find it nowhere, nowhere near. And I miss that thing so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then let me ask you, like, um, raising your kids in another country, obviously different from your original homeland, like, you know, so tell me, like, you know, what makes you smile about watching them grow up in another country? Like, you know, what what are some things that they say and do and, you know, think um, and 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 yeah, their behavior, their mannerism, their, their thoughts, their words that you can see is so different from like how you and maybe your husband might've grown up. Oh man. So ironically, how we're raising the kids here is very similarly to how my, my husband was raised. He was raised in rural Louisiana in a town that um, is almost the same size as Key Cocker. And he actually was raised 25 minutes outside that teeny tiny town, you know, off of a dirt road, lots of family, you know, he had no babysitters. They were his, you know, his, his mama or his grandma and his, you know, it was very, very formally family oriented. So this life is very familiar for him. You know, I had the nannies and the babysitters and the, not the drivers, but I, I grew up with a silver spoon in my mouth. So this is very different <laughs> for me. Um, I went to the private schools and had the uniforms and had the, you know, silk, pri- yeah, all the things. <laughs> but um, what I love about this, that's very different from how I was raised was just that, like the sense of community. Um, like I have a, I have a great family and I love my family very much, Mm -hmm. but like my mom, you know, raised my sister and I, she was a federal judge. So she worked a lot. So we had nannies who took care of us. And, you know, if mom wasn't busy then like we got some time with her and it was cool. Um, but like, it was a lot of activities, you know, we were put in a lot of activities. Um, so was there a lot of just like communal living, you know, uncles and aunties coming over and kicking, like not so much. But what's beautiful about here is that, again, everybody knows everybody. So the our next door neighbor might be the waitress at the restaurant, you know, or, or the cashier at this place might be the taxi driver who also takes us home. So wherever we take the kids, everybody always literally picks up our kids and just, you know, walks walks off with them mm-hmm. you know or if we're at a restaurant the waitress will literally pick up our child one of our children so that we can eat you know or there's a guy you know there aren't any real cars but there's a tractor on the island and whenever he sees joe he literally always takes joe and puts him in the tractor and they go riding for a little bit like that's the type of stuff that i would have like i mean i just 
I, I, I love the way that I grew up. I do not resent it, you know, no, no regrets, but being able to raise my kids like this is a complete dream come true. Mm-hmm. Like they have grandmas and grandpas who, you know, kiss our baby. I know some people are going to be like, what? But they like kiss our babies on the lips. Like mm-hmm. they're like family, mm-hmm. like legit family. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and so as the boys grow up and they're growing up with all these other people, like everyone always jokes, like, oh, when they come down the street, you know, we're going to be like, Joe and Zach, you know, it's, it's just, it's community mm-hmm. and it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Um, okay. So I really like that you mentioned that, you know, like everyone's like family. Um, but like, how did you guys go about making friends who became family? Like, how, yeah. how did that, like, how does that happen? How did that happen? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I have to kind of give ourselves a pat on the back because, you know, CB and I have very open spirits. Um, we, we are, in, excuse me, we're intentional when we travel about connecting with locals mm-hmm. because we want authentic experiences for ourselves and our kids. Mm-hmm. So we have been like kind of collecting friends slash family since 2019. Mm-hmm. And when we came back, people remembered us, you know, mm-hmm. and they saw that I was pregnant and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, it, and then it's like, when we came back for a month, they're like, you're back already. So, I mean, part of it is that my husband and I have very open spirits and we love to connect with locals, but it's also the environment we live in. I mean, Key Cocker, like the locals here, are some of the most genuinely loving people you'll you'll ever meet and like let's be clear black people are very very hospitable Mm -hmm. I mean that's just who we are that's who we've always been and so seeing that here but on a smaller right more close-knit level is really really powerful so I think it's a good blend between the island just being very opening and welcoming and my husband and I being equally as open to you know, the experience. Okay. Nice. Nice. Okay. So then now, you know, it's home there, but, um, how do you make a home? Like, okay. So tell us like, how do you make a home for your boys? How do you make a home for, for, you know, you and your husband, how do you guys make a home? Like, like, tell us, how do you make a home? Hmm. That's a good, that's another good question. (laughs) So I would say, um, in the, in the literal form, um, like with like our home, our apartment here. Um, that's something that I like really specialize in. So like I can take any vacant space and make it a very, very, very homely. And I mean, we did have like 15 boxes of our things from our last house shipped here so that, you know, we have like our pictures and, you know, lot our altars. We have two different altars. Um, you know, a little decoration so that it feels like home. Um, but also it's just like, you know, home, making a home requires investment and it requires like a commitment. It is, it's a powerful relationship, whether it is with a tangible home, whether with its, a, with its, a, ugh, whether it is with a community of people, um, an island, a state, a city, whatever it is, it requires investment mm-hmm. and sacrifice. So, you know, we could have kept our kids to ourselves because perhaps we didn't trust them with 
locals. I mean, we had never taken any of our kids to daycare before we came to Belize, but we're like, we know that we need separation from our children. Mm-hmm. And we know that we need to explore the island as parents, as a married couple. And we got to be able to do that outside of being with the kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, I want to show an investment in this community by demonstrating that I trust you with my children. Mm-hmm. Right. And that I trust your business and that you can trust me as a mother and you can trust me as a customer, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so like we have the most incredible babysitter slash daycare situation. It also allows our boys to connect with like local children and like, no, it's not in this establishment that is you know, super refined and the kids wear uniforms and there's paperwork to verify that each kid, no, it's like someone's house, you know, and there's like a grandmother who cooks, you know, like it's, it's very much community living. And I want to demonstrate that, like, I trust you all with my kids because we're raising them here. You know, I have on a few nights have gone out by myself and I just, I, my intention is to connect with local women and some of the other women on the island so that I can have my own girls group so that outside of being a mom and a wife and an entrepreneur, I can also just be Brie mm-hmm. because this is where we live now. So I have to make friends mm-hmm. and I can't always make friends, you know, right next to my husband. I have to also, you know, make my own, invest my own time mm-hmm. in other relationships. And my husband is the exact same way. And so I think to answer your question, it's, it's investment. Mm-hmm. How much are you willing to invest in this space in order for you to give it the privilege of calling it home? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've done that um, pretty extensively. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, so I mean, I will say the last thing, because I will say it's like, there are expats on the island who you never see. <laughs> okay. You never see them and they all live in their own community on the furthest possible possible part of the island and they interact with each other and that's it. Mm -hmm. Like you never see them at at the bars or the restaurants or even at the downtown area. Like they are not here for that. They are here to have a home in the tropics Mm -hmm. and that's that. If you're not looking for that authentic local experience and you just want a different backdrop on the same life that you're living, then, you know, that there are people who operate that way, too. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But but we know that this is this is home. This is where we're raising our children and running our businesses and growing in marriage and love and self-development. So we have to invest mm-hmm. in the place we call home in order for those things to manifest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so like, you know, even though it sounds great, like, are there, obviously there sound like there are joys um, to being an expat, but like, are there any struggles? Uh-huh. Yeah, so in the beginning, you know, um, we all got like a stomach virus. Um, that was not pleasant. <laughs> um it, it, it took us all out, all four of us. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah, who will be one next year, has a bit of a sensitivity to the dust. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all sandy streets, so there's there are no paved roads whatsoever. So, you know, walking him around on the stroller has caused congestion issues, which caught, you know, 
you know, other issues, health issues um, that were pretty nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love the food diversity. There are, we are learning that there's a lot more diversity than we think, mm-hmm. but you know, my husband, and I, like we love, you know, West African food and Southeast Asian food and sushi and um, definitely Chinese food and Thai food, you know, things like that. We don't necessarily get that here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard that in San Pedro, which is 30 minutes north on a boat, there's a lot more food diversity, but with kids, it just makes that more of a challenge. You know, we don't have a car, so moving around in the heat is, is difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some days are harder than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we moved to a tropical island, so can't really complain about the heat when you, you knew what was, what you were getting yourself into. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think that's about it. Okay. All right. Um, so then now, okay. So then I guess I'll leave off with like one last question. Um, like what is your definition of home? So home is. Hmm. Home is my sanctuary. It is my place where I can be all the things happily, freely, abundantly, and unapologetically. It's where my mental health aligns with my spiritual health, aligns with my physical health, Mm -hmm. emotional well-being. It's where I can escape to. Um, And we have this beautiful luxury of having a literal sanctuary in this apartment Mm -hmm. that is on a another sanctuary mm-hmm. that is this island um and so home is my sanctuary and I definitely feel at home yeah okay all right well thank you very much Brie for joining me on this podcast thank are we you. home yet where we talk to expats around the world and find out you know what's what's it like living abroad and hopefully we're you know inspiring future yeah. expats to go and take a chance a leap for maybe something more than than they ever imagined wow. um so with that I'm gonna say I hope everyone has a great day and I hope you have a great day too bye-bye Tune into my next episode with Candice. Candice is an educator from America, living in Mexico and loving it. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Remember to hit subscribe on your podcast player and also leave a great review and rating of this podcast as well. I'm Jalila Clark. See you next time.